0: I was there and Janice Joplin poured a beer on this girl's head, and it happened to be one of the Hell's Angels old ladies, and he punched her in the face and she fell down. That was kind of interesting. She got right back up, started <laughs> drinking her southern comfort and saying, "This could happen to you." And I thought, "No, not me. I'm not going to pour a beer on someone's head. What's wrong with you?
1: That was belly dancer Pepper Alexandria. I'm Jeff. And this is storied san francisco every week on this podcast we bring you dancers bartenders photographers and other san franciscans talking about living working and doing their thing here it's a way to get to know your neighbors welcome to episode 46. in this podcast pepper talks about moving to san francisco in 1968 and falling in love with hippies dancers underground comics and musicians She talks about some of the great bands she saw and knew, the old venues they played at, the parties she went to, and she ends talking about her long career as a belly dancer. Here's Pepper.
0: Well, uh, there wasn't a lot to do. So we would always go to Golden Gate Park. We would see Janis Joplin, Big Brother and the Holy Company. We went to the Big March You know, when they took down Nixon, Uh, we marched in that. We saw uh, Country Joe and the Fish. We saw all the big bands, John Cipollina, Quicksilver Messenger Service, uh, the Grateful Dead. all the different bands, Cleveland Wrecking Company, who's no longer around, and I was friends with a lot of the different bands because they used to play at Dino and Carlos, which was a big hippie hangout place. Mm-hmm. And they had a mermaid on the front that had three boobs and a fish tail, and that was kind of interesting, and that was owned by Dino and Carlos. And all the bands played there, Creed and Clearwater, who I met before their record was out. Oh, wow.
1: And they I were f- f- from... El Cerrito, or
0: yeah, they're from around here. From around here, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met them. I was friends with them. They played me their record before it came out, and oh, they wow. asked me if it would be a hit, and I said, yeah, I thought. And they said to me, should we let our hair grow out? And I said, yeah, probably. <laughs> and so, because they're from all rich families, yeah. And then, uh, you know, like I saw Blue Chair Mhm. Uh, some warehouse. I love that. So they were great. I love they, great. The they had just come out, and uh, we went to this big party, and there they were. And then we used to go to the Fillmore three times a week. Wow. Take LSD and dance 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 and meet everybody. We saw Eric Burton and uh way back, way back then and then we saw the Who, we saw uh you know Pink Floyd the Picture. Wow. This was is all great. at the Fillmore? No, Winterland, Fillmore, Winterland, yeah. uh everywhere, you know wherever yeah. they were playing. Yeah. We used to go to all the Hells Angels dances. Uh, down at the Longshoreman's Hall, and we went down there. We were because my friend Dick Mason was Hells Angel, mm-hmm. so uh, we would always go to the Hells Angels dances, we knew a lot of them. And we went to this one down the Longshoreman's Hall where Santana was playing, mm-hmm. and suddenly the whole uh, sound system went out, so they played drums for two hours.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was great. Where was that? Is that like the, the Longshoreman's Hall? Down on Fisherman's Wharf somewhere. I don't know exactly where.
1: Oh, I know. It's on, um, it's off of Bay Street, I yeah. think. Yeah. I used to work they there. They had a
0: Hells Angels dance, and then uh, after a while, they opened something over in San, Raquel,
1: San Rafael, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh,
0: called Pepperland. They had a Hells Angels dance there. That was a good one. Janis Joplin was there.
1: Was that named for you? No, I wish. Oh, okay. I'm like.
0: But uh, I was there, and Janis Joplin poured a beer on this girl's head and it happened to be one of the hell's angels old ladies and he punched her in the face and she fell down that was kind of interesting she got right back up started (laughs) drinking her southern comfort and saying this could happen to you and i thought no not me i'm not gonna pour a beer on someone's head what's wrong but anyway she kept on singing and everything so that was an interesting show and then right after that it closed Mm. but there was we saw everyone. We got stoned. We went to every. Uh, we used to go to the family
1: dog. I don't know the family dog.
0: That was way before that was run by Chet Helms. Mm-hmm. And that was out by where Playland used to be mm-hmm. on the beach. And the family dog was in a roller rink. And that's where I met, you know, John Cipollina from uh, Quicksilver. And Grateful Dead used to play there all the time, and everybody said when they were playing, people are going to get mad at me about this. Uh, It's time to make a quilt, but whatever. (laughs) Chet Helms ran that, and I knew him for a long time. Mm -hmm. And he did put Big Brother and the Holding Company back together, Mm -hmm. and they played over here at Ashkenaz. Mm -hmm. He took them around. I saw those shows. And he brought them to Sacramento, where Eric Burden was playing, too. Big Brother, and it was before Sam died. So... You know that was a few years ago, and but the family dog was the best because everybody there would take LSD, mm-hmm. and you know it was just every band in the world passed through there. All the hippie bands, Grace Slick, everybody.
1: Oh yeah, It was really good. It probably did. Did it uh, <laughs> did it matter what band it was when you're on LSD?
0: <laughs> well, we went to every band. Yeah, we went there all the time. But I think. Bill Graham didn't like Chet Helms very much mm. and really went after him to close the family dog mm. and he finally won. Yeah, And uh, Chet went on, but Chet Helms was your, the real person, the real hippie, the real guy, the wonderful person who booked everyone, made everybody famous. He was the one and Bill Graham just couldn't stand
1: it. Yeah. It was a competition, What? unfortunately.
0: That was bad. Yeah. that was bad i got uh, involved with underground comics mm-hmm. dr atomic larry todd who was my boyfriend for a long time mm-hmm. i knew all the underground cartoonists spain rodriguez robert grum uh, willie murphy many of the underground cartoonists and that I used to go to their parties, and I would belly dance at their parties.
1: So when you moved here, you already belly—you were already belly dancing?
0: I belly danced a little bit, but I've been a dancer all my life since I was six years old.
1: I think it might be interesting to hear how you got into belly dancing specifically. How did that?
0: Well, uh, I worked in New Orleans for a long time, and I saw a belly dancer there, and I liked her. And then I moved to Los Angeles and pursued my career there. I was a model. I was in a couple movies, you know, just little stuff here and there. And I uh, worked in the clubs there as a go-go dancer. And then I came up here and, uh, in 1968 and started dancing here. And all the underground cartoonist parties were fabulous. We used to dance for them. They were the first people to ever pay us any money at all. Hmm. Where did they do those at? Uh, different places, like, uh, I don't know, people's houses. Trina Robbins was always around. You know, she drew Wonder Woman. She's one of the first women underground cartoonists. And she's fabulous. And of course, now she's very famous. Whereas a lot of the underground cartoonists are either passed away. Dead or well, that's the same thing, I guess. <laughs> uh, or or famous or not famous, you know. Still kind not of underground. Many of them left. Yeah. I mean, uh, Robert got saved by his wife, Aileen.
1: They Mm -hmm. moved to Paris, so Mm -hmm. they're
0: famous. I know him because I went out with Larry Todd for many, many years. Okay. Dr. Atomic. Mm -hmm. And that's how I know all the other cartoonists. Guy Caldwell is still around. He's a great cartoonist. Okay. He did Inner City Romance. Mm -hmm. So these comics, nobody knows what underground cartoonists are anymore. Nobody knows the underground comics anymore, but they should because they are the truth. And they were put out in the 60s and 70s, and people should read them. But they don't even know what an underground comic is anymore. We call them Uggs. And they have just disappeared because the movies and the overground have taken over everything san diego you it's just a mess now i i don't like it anymore because it only features the movies and the stars it doesn't have that much to do with comics anymore yeah and especially underground comics because they've been completely buried where some people say they should stay Mm. (laughs) because they're underground Robert Crumb is a very talented, fabulous person. He was very shy at first, and kind of laid back. He loved women, of course, and he was very nice to me. But like I said, he was shy. And then you have uh, Spain Rodriguez, on the other hand, who was not shy, he did Trash Man. Mm -hmm. He passed away a few years ago. He's one of my favorite cartoonists in Mm. the whole world. And he loved Carnival Stars because it wasn't that crowded. <laughs> what can I say? And Larry Todd, who did Dr. Atomic, is a wonderful cartoonist and a great painter. And he did the first comic books about marijuana. I did a lot of private parties. I worked for Dennis Perone. Mm. Uh, he's the one who started the first marijuana club in San Francisco. And he had four floors downtown on Market Street. And he had the absolutely fabulous on the fourth floor and I worked with David Nash who was a dancer for 16 years in uh, Las Vegas and we did all of his shows and all the politicians a lot of politicians came to those shows of course it was very excited until they busted them and uh, took everything away
1: do you want to name any of those politicians <laughs> you don't uh, have to Terence Hallahan sure I,
0: I'm not sure that's how to pronounce his name
1: Hallie Hallin Hallinan yeah him. Yeah.
0: yes and uh, a lot a lot of people came to those shows. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots. All the media was there. It was on television a lot. We were always on the news.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you ever live in San Francisco? Or yeah, for
0: a long time. Oh, okay. So from 1968 until I moved over to Berkeley in 1975.
1: Okay, where whereabouts in the city?
0: Well, I lived in the Mission District. And uh, when I first came there, I lived on Mason Street, downtown San Francisco, and then I moved to uh, North Beach. I lived on Broadway above the bocce ball, and then I moved to Grant Street, Grant and Lombard. I lived there. Then I moved to Cap Street and lived there for a long time. I like North Beach. Yeah. During the 70s, because there was always parties and uh, lots of clubs, and everybody was rock and stoned and (laughs) on lsd they were all having a great time all my friends were insane it was great
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you ever go over there now north beach
0: once in a while
1: yeah what do you think of it now
0: there's no place to park so i don't know it's just like too hard to park in san francisco
1: yeah but do you
0: (laughs) i love san francisco yeah But it's just hard to go over there, especially if you live in Berkeley. And Berkeley's the weirdest place. It's like a small village. If you come over here and you don't know what it's about, you have no idea where to go. (laughs) You have to know somebody here.
1: Yeah. But
0: I consider Berkeley, San Francisco, uh, the Bay Area. You know, we're Bay Area artists. We've been around forever, all of us.
1: What was it about belly dancing?
0: Well, it's beautiful, and the costumes are beautiful, and you have to be an artist to do it. But then I found out it's really hard to learn it.
1: F- physically, every hard. way,
0: you have to be an athlete. Yeah. And I went to Egypt in nineteen seventy nine and found out I d- did not know how to dance and mm. had to start over.
1: Wow! And did you? So did you actually do some studying or learning in
0: Egypt? Or? Yes, I was there for a month.
1: Okay. What was that like?
0: Well, it was in 1979, it was really like Egypt. It wasn't dirty. The air was clean. Cairo was very interesting. All the top dancers were dancing, like Nagwa Fawad, Nahad Sabri, Fifi Abdul, Sharif. I saw them all. I filmed most of them. And I was on one of the first tours that ever went to Egypt. And then I went to Luxor where I met the Banat Mazin, who are the gypsies of Egypt, Mm. and they are one of the oldest style dances that there are, dates back 360 years with documentation, and I studied with them and brought back the Gawazi. But I was doing Gawazi before I went there, Hmm. and now they are still my friends, and I am connected with Kyria Mazin, who is my teacher in Luxor. When I first started belly dancing, uh, there was some established dancers in San Francisco as uh, Amina Goodyear, uh, Maganya Baptiste, and Jamila Salimpoor. Mm-hmm. So I made sure I studied with all of them. And there was uh, a good, vibrant belly dance community back then, 1968 through 1975. Mm-hmm. Well, lots of stories because I danced for the underground cartoonist at their shows uh-huh. and I danced for Margo St. James. Uh, I was her dancer at the Hooker's Ball, okay. which used to happen, which is not the exotic erotic ball, the okay. Hooker's Ball. She was the one who started a union for uh, prostitutes in San Francisco so they would quit getting beat up and killed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a prostitute, but I did dance for her a lot. Right. Well, I danced for the Hell's Angels a few times, and I danced for uh, John Stanley on Creature Features. I mm. was on his show six times. Wow! So it's basically your neighborhood belly dancer. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everyone's favorite be- belly dancer. <laughs> Thank yeah. You. Did you mostly work um, in clubs dancing, or w- did you do? private events or
0: I did a lot of private parties mm-hmm. a, a lot of them plus I also did Marilyn Monroe everywhere mm. and I did festivals and I did uh, just a few TV shows here and there and uh, just different kind of things but I really didn't dance in a lot of the clubs
1: you mentioned earlier that you knew Carol Dota
0: Yes, I did. I lived like three doors down from her, and I really admired her and loved her a lot. And I went to see her show, and it was fabulous when she worked at the Condor. And I would see her all the time because we lived three doors down. So, yes.
1: Would you say you were friends?
0: Yeah, I think we were friends. Um, Not close friends, but we were friends, you know? Yeah.
1: What was it about her? I never got to... Well, she was
0: a fabulous dancer. I mean, uh, I couldn't believe what a great dancer she was. She used to dance on that piano, and it would come down from the ceiling at the condor. And she was a very smart businesswoman, and she was beautiful, and, you know, she was nice and and humble. She wasn't... She was very nice. And I used to go up and down uh, Grant Street all the time and go to the clubs, and and my friend... uh, decorated one of the clubs you know it was all in day glow and everything and (laughs) he was a cook there and there was a lot of fun stuff going on and everybody would just run up and down the street and there was hippies selling drugs on every corner and it was really fun and there was lots of dancing and craziness and day glow stuff and great clubs great food great drinks crazy people a wonderful place to hang out it's changed now, but I also do carnival stars okay, which is a local show it's a convention that I have that has belly dancers, has magicians, Majinga has a cartoonist, has a costume contest for cosplay has live bands, three floors of interesting stuff, and it's every year, July, around July 20, 21st, and I'm having it in Alameda now at the Elks Hall on Santa Clara. I've had it all over. It's been a struggle to keep it going, but now Mm -hmm. it's getting popular, and everyone's welcome to come. It's called carnivalofstars.com. Go there and check it out. And our next show is July 20th and 21st. And I hope everybody comes and enjoys it. We have great food, and we have a wine and champagne bar. And we have 200 performers. Wow. It's really good.
1: That's quite a lot. And this is a show that you organize and produce. Wow.
0: Been struggling with it for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Finally, it's getting known. But thanks to your podcast, maybe more people will come.
1: Check back next week when we'll hear stories from screen printer Mike Lynch. Music for this episode is by Otis McDonald, a.k.a. Joe Begale. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Follow Storied San Francisco on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our website, which has all the episodes and a store where you can buy our merchandise, is storiedsf.com. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Send comments and suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.